Good morning, Four Oaks Church. Pastor Paul, it is a Monday morning. Hope you had a good Labor Day weekend, November 13th. We are cruising through the Gospel of Matthew, and we are up to this last section in Matthew. We're going to be looking at verses 42 through the end of the chapter 50 for this coming week. Now, what's significant about this passage, okay, and remember, one of the things we're trying to do here is not just give you theological information, but to help you walk through the passage um, in the same way I'm walking through it as I prepare to preach on it for that upcoming Sunday. This way, hopefully, you get some tools, some nuggets, tidbits for how to study and apply the Bible for yourself. And so remember, context is king in biblical interpretation. And what we have seen really in Matthew 11 and 12 has been the wholesale rejection of Jesus by the Pharisees and the religious leaders. That, that's sort of what has framed this whole section. On one hand, in the first nine chapters of Matthew, you have astounding and amazing teaching, preaching, works, miracles, supernatural signs. You've got healings, exorcisms. But it's almost like the more evidence Jesus gives the people and the leaders, the, the less inclined they are to believe. And we now get to the, to the end of this section um, before Matthew transitions into uh, the part of his gospel where Jesus starts to do more teaching, more parables, more stories. And this is sort of a, a pattern in Matthew where you have sort of... Um, Jesus's life and ministry lived out, and then you have teachings by Jesus that provide perspective and interpretation, okay? So, so that's kind of how it's situated. Now, let's read the passage and hopefully frame out where we are going to be go- uh, going this upcoming week. So this is Matthew 12, beginning in verse 43. When the unclean spirit has gone out of a person, it passes through waterless places, seeking rest, but finds none. Then it says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when it comes, it finds the house empty, swept, and put in order. Then it goes and brings with it seven other spirits more evil than itself. And they enter and dwell there, and the last state of that person is worse than the first. So it will be with this evil generation. While he was still speaking to the people, behold, his mother and his brothers stood outside asking to speak to him. But he replied to the man who told him, Who is my mother and who are my brothers? And stretching out his hand toward his disciples, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Now, let's be honest. Um, These passages, uh, and certainly the first part of this passage, seems a little obtuse what's been going on here, but we know Matthew does not do random, and he has situated this at this place in his gospel for a particular reason. So so let's think back to yesterday when we talked uh, about and we preached on this idea that a, a wicked and adulterous nation asked for a sign, okay? And Jesus says, no sign will be given it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. And it's, it's, into, it's into that sort of melu, so to speak, that we have to situate our passage, okay? And so 
let's kind of do a flyover just to kind of see if we might detect what connects these verses to what has come before it, okay? So look at verse 40. It ostensibly talks about an unclean spirit that's been cast out of a person or exercised out of a person, okay? Um, leaves, that person then gets their house in order, and then this spirit comes and brings seven others with it, and the condition of the person is worse than, than, it, than it began with, okay? And then you've got a situation where Jesus is talking about the nature or what binds um, his followers to him, okay? And that he's talking about spiritual lines above family lines, okay? So, so what, how do we begin to make sense of this? Well, I think one way to think about this passage, okay, and we're gonna, I'm just gonna kind of sketch it out, and then we'll come back this week, of course, and pick up all the different pieces in it. There, there, there's a, there, there's something about a, a ritual and a relationship, okay? So and what, here's what I mean. All throughout Matthew's gospel, Jesus has been trying to show the Pharisees that it's not their spiritual proximity to God or their geographical proximity or their background or their heritage that binds them to God. It's not even their external acts of obedience in and of themselves. Why? Because their hearts were corrupt. Sometimes they did the right things, but for all the wrong reasons, to be seen by men, applauded by men. Um, but, but what we have here is certainly a, um, a situation where Jesus is sort of sketching out what authentic um, spirituality looks like in relationship to him. So, so this first little antidote about the Spirit. Now, what do we note about this? Well, what we note is that, and I, I think this is the key, the key phrase, verse 44, then it says, I will return to my house from which I came, and when it comes, it finds the house empty, swept and put in order. I think this is Jesus's way of telling us that whatever reforms, okay, so to speak, that this person has undergone where the Spirit has left them, they've been merely external, They've been merely outward, again, like the Pharisees, okay? And so while they may have gotten rid of one spirit, it doesn't tell us how the spirit left, something fundamental in the structure of their hearts and dispositions hasn't changed because not only does this evil spirit come back, but it brings seven spirits with us. And I think here what Jesus is wanting us to begin to think about is that the, the kind of change that God requires as we come into relationship with him is not merely external. It's not merely behavioral. There has to be something um, that changes in the interior of our hearts. We're not just getting rid of certain things, you know, and, and kind of polishing the surface or the deck of the Titanic. We're actually changing the substructure of our hearts. And I think what this symbolizes, this first part, again, is that whatever external things led to the demon leaving, 
the internal dynamics have not changed. That's why the person's condition is worse than it was before, okay? So I think that's kind of the part of the picture. Now, in this second part, this is a, a little more straightforward. But again, remember, family ties were huge. Um, they were, they marked off um, the very nature of one's existence in society, what you were born into, your profession, whether you were a slave, whether you were free, man, woman, Jew, Gentile. And these ethnic lines, bloodlines, were just um, monumental, particularly for the Jew. And so on one hand, Pharisees, religious leaders, could point to their external works of righteousness. And then on the other hand, their external pedigree um, to show their connection to God. Okay, so if in the first part of this passage, Jesus is showing them it's not about the externals, okay, but merely, but it's about your heart. Here he's showing them it's not about your ethnic lines, your bloodlines. There's something deeper, more relational that's important besides your family heritage. And what is that? It's your relationship to me, okay? I think that provides a, a cover over this passage, okay? I think that's, 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 this is Jesus's ending this section by giving us these lessons. It's ritual versus relationship or ritual versus reality. And so what we wanna spend time doing is, is understanding how these two things relate to each other, okay? And so your assignment, your mission, if you choose to accept it, go back and look in Matthew's gospel at the times that Jesus seems to be talking about the family of God or the familial relationship we have with God um, versus the mere, mere external aspects of having a relationship with God, such as where we go to church or our background or ethnicity or what have you. And, and what you're going to find is that there is a deep, deep spiritual um, truth that Jesus is hammering here, okay? It's not about how we are related to God um, through the externals. It's how we are related to him spiritually in our hearts, okay? So that's your assignment. Go check that out. And when we come back tomorrow morning, we're going to begin to scope this out in more specificity. Is there anything to learn about the nature of demonology and exorcisms as we look at this first part? Is there anything to, to note about Jesus's family history and his background and what was going on? Yeah, we're going to look at all of that, but we have to situate it, I think, within the big picture. All right, there you go. Um, and let us all be encouraged to pursue the heartfelt realities of our relationship with God versus mere externals. All right, let's pray. Lord Jesus, we ask you now to help us. Help us, Lord, to not be satisfied with mere surface level connection to religious things, but to have a vibrant, growing relationship with you. Lord, we ask these things in your son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanks, everybody. See you tomorrow.